just back from New York. I saw a lot of new stuff from Acer. I'll tell you about that today. Sony's new TVs are actually pretty bloody good. I've taken four smartphones onto Sydney Harbour to have a look at which one takes the best photos. And i got to be honest, very surprised by that. All that and more this week on Your Tech Life. Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello, thank you for listening. That is all coming up. I am just off the boat, no, the plane, a few days now, so it's okay. I've recovered uh, a couple of hours in New York, a uh, day and a half. It was fantastic. I'll tell you about that shortly. Calls tonight, uh, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening, on uh, Netflix. We're going to talk TVs. We're going to talk Windows 10 problems. Ah, it's all ahead of us. Um, plus, I want to, uh, yeah, I want to tell you about those smartphone cameras. I was a bit surprised by actually playing around with the cameras that are available today in stores. We do it all here each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and LG for their OLED TVs. You should take the OLED Challenge today. Pop into Harvey Norman or somewhere like that to take the OLED Challenge. Um, We also, I want to acknowledge some uh, reviews this week. I noticed one here from uh, Mark David, or Mark David, as per his... uh, Name in iTunes, very enjoyable, great tech podcast, second only to Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'll be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Opened iTunes for the first time in years to leave this review. Thank you, and that's all you need to do. You don't actually have to install uh, the iTunes app on your phone. You don't have to use the iTunes podcast app for podcasting if you're a Pocket Cast or a Overcast or Wooshka or some other podcast app user. Um, you just have to open iTunes and leave a rating because that's where the bulk of them are and uh, it's great to have a an average rating of 5.0 stars out of 5.0s and 125-odd people have left reviews. So thank you for doing that. It, uh, it helps other people discover the show and uh, get us cracking. Now, I copped a bit of flack before I um, started. I copped a bit of flack the other, the other week. Um, someone tweeted me or emailed me and said, you, you don't uh, you tell us, you don't give us warning when you're going to be on the radio and things like that. Um, because I did a six-hour stint on 2UE. Well, f- f- consider this forward warning, okay? I'm going to be on 2UE <laughs> this Sunday for six hours from midday till uh, midday till 6 p.m. So we're going to have a bit of fun. We'll talk this general talkback. That's not even technology talk, all right? So it's a very different concept. It's not a tech show. It's general talkback. So if you're in Sydney or you're near a internet radio feel free to tune in this sunday on 2ue954 in sydney uh, from midday till six we'll have a bit of fun on the radio let's get cracking with your tech life your tech life with trevor long so yeah back from new york wow what a city firstly i must say i haven't been in new york um i know it seems like i travel a lot but i go to the same bloody places every year um you know you go to barcelona in march you go to berlin in september you go to vegas in january it's, it's actually it seems like a lot of travel but you don't get to go to different places, so that's a bit of a pain. But when I was invited to New York with Asa, I um, I very quickly said yes because I'd never been to New York, and um, I kind of wanted to check it out. Now I only had thirty six hours on the ground, something like that. So spent more time in the plains than on the ground in New York, but it was great. Um, and if you haven't been to New York, God, wow, there's so much to see. It's such a big city, so busy, so much there. So I'll tell you about Ace's products in a minute, but they had, uh, so I arrived on like a Wednesday night 
uh, you know, so pretty much had a quick look at Times Square in the nighttime and then went to bed. Um, and then the next morning, Acer had a press conference at uh, number four World Trade Center. This is one of the new buildings um, in the uh, Ground Zero site. Um, and we were staying up near Times Square. Now, they were putting on buses, you know, nine o'clock. We get there for 10 o'clock check-in or whatever um, for the for the press conference. Traffic in Manhattan is appalling, and it was going to take an hour for this bus to get from Times Square to World Trade Center. So I looked at the Google Maps, and it was an hour and 10 minutes. So I left at 8.45 and started walking. Do you know what? What a great way to see a city. Just walk. You know, I just walked down the sidewalk, block after block. You see the stores. You see the people. You see the everything. You see the trades people. You see the comings and goings. You walk down a side street to cross to the next block. Uh, parallel and, and you go through a you know suburban area it's uh, or you know it's where people are living uh, you know the the townhouses as we'd call them um it's a fantastic city and yeah it's huge i mean that was a long walk that was an hour and 15 minutes but then honestly walking up to world trade center where the freedom tower now stands uh, beside the uh, the two reflection pools which which stand at the at the feet of the towers um is an overwhelming thing it is quite a mind-blowing experience to um to be standing there uh, you know having watched the events of 15 odd years ago um and think it's 15 years ago it's a bloody long time um i've got to say what they've done with that site is phenomenal do you know what i mean it's not some crazy public park it's a it's a memorial it's um it's it's very well um designed those reflection pools are stunning and then you've got the progress around them. You know, you've got this beautiful big new transportation hub. You've got the new buildings and it's all happening there. So it's a lot to take in. I didn't get time to pretty much go into anything. I didn't go into the museum. I didn't go into many of the places I walked past, but I tried to just see a lot while I was there. Um, so then we had the Acer event, which I'll talk about in a second. But then again, in the afternoon, it was, you know, the event was over and that was it. I didn't leave for another kind of 24 hours, um, basically a, a day of my own, including sleep. So, I mean, that afternoon I, I got a metro and I got on the subway and worked out how that worked, which was pretty easy. Um, got back to my, my hotel and then walked north to, to kind of Times Square and had a look at, you know, the places like Rockefeller Center. You know, just walked past everything I could. Central Park, had a look at the, the south end of Central Park. So, unbelievable. And then the next morning I had a couple of hours. I had like three to four hours. So I thought, well... You know, I need to do some cool stuff. So I again got the the subways. And if you're interested, I should say I'm pretty sure I put them on the public page. Uh, if you go to trevorlong.com, um, on yeah, I posted on on my Facebook page. You know, uh, thirty or forty photos. I mean, it's a bit crazy, but it's cool to see stuff. Um, I went down to Chelsea Market. Uh, Paul Murray from Sky News, a good mate of mine, recommended I go to Chelsea Market. It was cool, very funky little area. And then I walked what they call the High Line. This used to be a railway track, so an elevated railway track, and they've just recovered it. Um, they haven't knocked it down. They've just put plants and you know um, seating around it. It's very well done. Um, and I walked along that for some distance. It was beautiful. Saw a bit more of Central Park. I went and saw the Soup Nazi uh, from Seinfeld. I went all the way up north to... Um, to where Tom's restaurant is, the old Monk's Diner from Seinfeld. Just went in there, and just to be clear, if you didn't know this, it's not at all what it looks like on Seinfeld because on the inside it's a completely different diner um, and had a milkshake. It was bloody lovely. Um, and you know what? I just kind of proved that you could see a lot in a very short space of time, but I didn't get to take it in. 
So I definitely want to go back there. It was fantastic. Uh, a great city. Um, really lovely people. I found the people to be fantastic. In fact, I've got to say, my the, the best thing that happened to me was at LA Airport. You know, you've got all these queues for the security and the TSA and all these kind of things. And I'm a frequent flyer. I'm a platinum frequent flyer with Virgin. So I, you know, I always get to check in in the priority lines. And over there, that's called Sky Priority with Delta. Um, so I was looking for the priority log check-ins. I went there um, and then I went to the check-in, you know, the the security. And there was a priority line and it was huge. So there was a shorter line. I went, I'll go there. But it turned out you had to have a special clearance to go through that shorter line. I said to the bloke, oh, I'm a priority. I'll go through here. He goes, no, no, you've got to go over there. And I went, oh, man, that queue's really long. Oh, no worries. And I went back. This bloke followed me. He goes, mate, mate, come this way. I'll put you through. And he, and he actually sent me on my way through a, a like a faster fast track than any fast track I've ever seen for no other reason that, that he was nice. I didn't have any oh, an urgency to me, nothing. I didn't, I didn't get upset, nothing. He was just lovely. And he let me through. It was so cool. Such a nice thing to do. Um, and I just find Americans are actually really, really lovely people. So love the time there. But let's talk about the actual products. This was... Acer, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, this is a huge uh, computer company, um, announcing a whole range of products. They had hundreds of products on Showcase there, but there's three key things I think that are important to take out of this. And the first one is their ultra-slim laptop. The second one is their um, tablet two-in-one convertible. And the third is their gaming range. Now, they're not renowned for high-end product. They're renowned for affordable, great products. So, you know, lots of back-to-school Lots of people in the you know 500 and below range buying Acer uh, product. So they announced this thing, the Aspire S13. This is a ultra slim laptop, 13 inch, really slim, really light design, and a great kind of uh, materials. Certainly not the highest of high end materials. Not like it's um, unibody aluminium, but they've they've diamond cut the edge around the mouse pad, around the around the whole top of the keyboard area. They've got a white version with a gold um, hinge. <clears throat> they've done a they've done a good job designing this to make it look like a really high end product. You know, USB C, USB three, HDMI on the side. A great little thing. No pricing or availability for Australia. I expect early one thousands, so between one and, and fifteen hundred, because I think they're trying to beat Lenovo on price and be basically half the price of Apple. So they're looking to get it in. I reckon around eleven or twelve hundred, and if that's the case, it will sell very well. Uh, the Aspire S13 is what that one's called. The second product of, of note, and as I said, there were a lot. There were some cool products that won't come to Australia, like a cycling um, activity tracker with a camera built into it that activates on heart rate. Such a cool product, but I don't bother talking about it because it won't come to Australia. Um, anyway, this one, uh, this uh, two-in-one is called the Switch Alpha 12. It is basically a Microsoft Surface with a different design. So instead of the whole kickstand, it's got a um, um, instead of a flat, long piece of metal, it's a it's a bar that kicks out. Um, it has a keyboard, detachable keyboard. It is a tablet, but it's a core uh, Intel Core processors, and it has built-in thermal cooling. So there's no fan in it at all. It has built-in thermal cooling. So without any need for vents or fans, they've managed to get some serious tech. Serious grunt into this machine. It's going to be five ninety nine in the states, so you can expect a nine ninety nine product in Australia when it comes here again later in the year. That was cool. Now I haven't written about these ones yet, but the Predator range of 
um, gaming products that, that Acer have um, was really exceptional. They've got a, a much smaller form factor desktop, which is high power, brilliant looking thing. And then they have this 17-inch laptop, which is enormous, huge beast of a thing. But here's what's cool. You have these laptops that have fans pumping out the hot air. And normally they, they suck in air from the bottom, which, as you know, sitting a laptop on your lap is bloody hot. So they've put a fan on the front of the laptop, just like you know the front of a car has an air intake and a cool air radiator. So the, the cool air gets brought in from the front and then distributed over the chips and, and pushed out by the second and third fans out the sides and the back. So it's actually an amazing bit of uh, engineering there. But here's the cool part. They had NVIDIA there who were working on you know, high-end graphics cards uh, capable of doing uh, virtual reality. Now, the critical thing about virtual reality is it is, if you imagine the power required to do uh, full high-definition, well, virtual reality is many, many times full high definition because it's a bunch of high definition screens all stitched together in every single angle. So the processing power is enormous. And here's the thing, the laptop and the desktop, both virtual reality ready. And I think that's a term we'll hear a lot of in the in the future, virtual reality ready. It means that it is actually capable of running a HTC Vive, an Oculus Rift. All of these different virtual reality products. Um, very impressive. I, I can't wait to get a good look at that um, down the track. So, um, yeah, I'll keep an eye on, on the Predator products as they come out. Um, they're not available here yet either. But, yeah, we've got uh, we've got those products announced um, from Acer over there in New York. There's details about the Ultra Slim and the uh, 2-in-1 Convertle up on EFTM.com.au. So check that out. Um, and I'll uh, have details and reviews as we get those products. Uh, and I did travel, of course, to New York as a guest of Acer. Uh, I, I don't just fly around the world for fun covering these things. You know, it's a very expensive uh, game if that was the case. Um, but I declare that, and you should know that. Uh, it should be bloody obvious, too. Uh, here we go. Let's get cracking. Let's get techie on Your Tech Life. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. And we do it all thanks to the good people at LG and their OLED TV range. Perfect black creates explosive color. The OLED TV is here now. The LG OLED TV redefines television to create a unique sense of realism. This is not just a new TV. This is a new category of television. And LG is encouraging you to take the OLED challenge. Why is OLED TV different? Well, LCD LED TVs use a different technology that includes a backlight, so the black scenes are quite diluted by lighting that often makes the black look a bit charcoal or grey. Well, LG OLED TVs don't have a backlight. It delivers pure black, and with that comes explosive colour. So take the OLED Challenge in-store. Now go in-store now and compare LG OLED TV to a conventional LED LCD backlit TV, and they can be both LG side-by-side. 
but you will notice the difference in blacks. It's, it's the best thing to look at. You'll be blown away when you take the OLED challenge, and you can do that in most stores, including Harvey Norman now. Take the OLED challenge. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It is Your Tech Life, episode 327, 327. Uh, if you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Barbara. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Really good. What can I do for you? Um, we've got a smart TV, mm. and it's in a residence that uh, we, we don't live permanently in yet. And I was wondering if we could use one of those um, internet sticks mm. to actually get the internet onto the TV um, without without having to get uh, like a monthly plan happening because um, we're not there all the time. I wondered sure. if that would be one way that we could um, get the internet and maybe get Netflix or something like that on the actual TV or is it not going to work? Yeah, so basically you're, you're, you're spot on with what you need to do. Um, mm. You need to get a, a broadband dongle of some sort. The Probably the best mm. thing these days is what they call a, a Wi-Fi hotspot, a portable Wi-Fi hotspot. Now... What a portable portable Wi-Fi hotspot does is it's a little thing smaller than a mobile phone and when you turn it on, it has a SIM card in it and it connects to, say, the Telstra mobile network. And that little device is then on the internet, but there's nothing connected to it. it. It's not doing anything. You can't plug anything into it, but it's a little Wi-Fi network. So you'd sit it next to the TV and your TV would connect via Wi-Fi to that little dongle and then your TV would use the internet via that little dongle. Now, the biggest challenge with this is twofold. Firstly, um, wireless broadband, like through Telstra and those kind of companies, is expensive. It's it's per gigabyte. It's more expensive than having you know an, a phone line connected and those kind of things. But mm. it is it, it is portable. It means you can use it when you need it, and you can get them prepaid. So that's what I would think is your best option is to find the best deal on a portable Wi-Fi hotspot and, and just yeah. use it prepaid. So I've got one. It's a little little tiny um, 4G hotspot, and I, I don't use it really at all here at home. But when I travel to the country, I charge it up. I go onto the Telstra website. I put $20 or $50 or whatever I want on it, and that gives me yeah. a certain amount of data. And then when I'm away, we can connect the kids' iPads to it, and they've all got internet no matter which hotel or, or friends we're staying with. So how much data would you need, say, hmm. to run Netflix on, on a TV? How much data? Well, that's a very uh, how long is a piece of string kind of question, but that, certainly... That's what I mean. Because I saw a dongle, hmm. a broadband uh, dongle thing that had, um, like, two years... Um, expiry, years yes. Expiry, it had 16, 16 gigabytes. So, so I, 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 I use what I do with Telstra... Um, mm. And I'm not saying Telstra is the be-all and end-all. Every provider has them. I just happen to have a Telstra one. Yeah. Um, I I pay, I think it's like 180 bucks, and I get 12 months and something like 15 gigabytes. Now, I've got to tell you, I recharge that thing several times a year because I don't know how we go through the data, but somehow we do. Um, yeah. Whether it's software updates, this is a problem. There's other things that happen. Uh, so mm. your TV will want to do a software update. Well, try and avoid that if you can because that will download yeah. data. But essentially, watching TV, I'm going to give you a big number, so anything below that is good. Think one gig per hour. 
Okay. Okay. Now, if you if you if you're uh, savvy enough to spend a bit of time on the TV, there might be settings that allow you to say, "Do you know what? I only ever want to watch standard definition. So don't give me high definition. That'll cut it by half. It'll only be 500 okay. megabytes an hour. But the best thing you can do is practice, right? So mm-hmm. uh, if you can, I don't know, is the house a long way away or is it uh, nearby? No, it's um, yeah, it's about a two-hour drive away. So what you want to do is you want to go and you want to, the first time you go, you want to do something specific. So you want to sit down one night and watch exactly two hours worth of, of TV on, on Netflix. And then you want to log on to the customer portal for whichever provider you bought and you want to say, how much did I use? And it'll tell you, you've used, you know, two gigabytes of your allowance and then you'll know. So the okay. best thing you can do is monitor it regularly but absolutely, you need to find something with a lot of data. Long expiry and a lot of data are the best things you can have because it means that even if you don't need all the data, you've got a long expiry. And if you do need all the data, you've got a lot of it. So find your balance between those two things and mm-hmm. you're on the right track. Where do you get those Wi-Fi hotspots from? You, what I would do is I would, um, I would you're in the Barrow area, am I right? That's correct. I would uh, next trip down to Hornsby, Westfield. I'd walk mm-hmm. into Vodafone, I'd walk into Virgin, I'd walk into Telstra, and I'd walk into Optus, and I'd ask each of them what's the best long-expiry high-data plan they've got on a prepaid mobile hotspot, okay? Okay. Now, right. critically, that's all well and good to get the you know check the deals. Then you need to check the coverage. So put in that address and find out whether they've actually got coverage in that area. Yeah, I actually got a um, um, a Telstra Air, uh, what do you call it, modem put yeah. in here. So think, thinking that I could go up there and sort of no. log on to Telstra Air and use my data at home because I've got about five hundred gigabytes. But of course, there's no signal. The nearest signal is twelve miles away, twelve kilometres away. The nearest Telstra mobile signal, um, like Telstra Air. Oh um, yeah, no, right, yes. Signal. Yeah, yeah, no. There's if, if unless there's a payphone out the front. Or, or your neighbour at the new at the new house happens to have Telstra Air, yeah. No, it's not really that not really useful yeah. for that. But it's you, you've I, I, you know, I've got to say, Barbara, you've absolutely understood the concept of Telstra Air perfectly, which is a hard yeah. one. It's actually quite difficult to understand that you can use your own allowance elsewhere. But unfortunately. Uh, no good mm. if there ain't no uh, <laughs> ain't no didn't mobile. Rea- didn't realise it wasn't a signal where I needed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so check your Vodafone, your Optus, and your Telstra okay. coverage at the new house, and then mm-hmm. find the one that gives you the best deal. Fantastic! Oh, good that's on been you. Really helpful. Good on you, Bob. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks getting for in everyone. touch. Okay. Bye. And you can get in touch anytime you want. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. Now, while I was in New York, Sony announced their 2016 range of televisions uh, availability and pricing in Australia. I was lucky enough to get a bit of time with them before I went to New York so I could actually uh, write about it and and compare them. Um, These are fantastic televisions. I love what Sony's done with the design of the television. They've spent a bit of work on the stand. Not only looks sleek and, and slim, it's a very narrow part of the TV, but all the cable management actually comes out through the stand. So a much neater experience, which is a fantastic, simple thing. I mean, I know it sounds silly to be talking about cable management and the stand, but I think a lot of people are buying TVs on the look of the television itself. Now, the pricing is pretty good. A 55-inch um, Sony 4K ultra high-definition TV, three grand, available late April. Um, the 65 inch four and a half grand, the 75 inch seven and a half grand, and the 85 inch right, an 80 
85-inch TV, $1,499. Now, that's in their 8,500D range. Now, I've got to be honest. Trying to tell you the difference between the 8,500 and the 9,300 model number, I couldn't. Um, And I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth trying to work out what the difference is. But there is about a $1,000 price difference. You can you can also spend um, four grand on their 55-inch and 65-inch TV, six grand. Now, the reason I say those prices is because you're looking at about a three grand price differential between what is their premium TV and LG's. Now, to be clear, they didn't mention LG, but they certainly talked about their competitor and they had their competitor products sitting there when they showed me this TV. Now, I've talked, I've banged on long and hard about OLED and, and the quality that it gives you. But I've got to say, side by side, I was impressed by what Sony was able to offer head to head. And it is like, you know, trying to bring a, a, a Mazda to a, to a V8 supercar race and compete. But they did very well. There's no way the blacks were any good compared to the OLED. Um, uh, the blacks were somewhat great, as you, as you would see in, as LG say in those ads, uh, taking the OLED challenge. But what they did point out was some areas where the brightness of, of the LED that they have um, was over and above what OLED could offer. So there's some, imagine a, a dark night in Las Vegas. You've got these bright lights in one area, um, well-lit building in another. And then in the foreground or in the background, there's just a subtle little white building with no obvious light on it. Well, on the Sony TV, that, that, TV, that building's obvious. On the LG, maybe not quite so much. Now, Sony are quite confident that that makes it a better picture, or at least a, you know, value-driven picture. I'm not sure, um, because I think it looked like when you over um, overscale an Instagram filter, you know, it kind of looks a bit fake. So it did look a little fake. But then, you know, side by side, you go, hang on a minute, $3,000 extra. So this is that thing I've talked about before with LG and their halo effect of impressing people with head technology and hopefully having them walk away with either that OLED or a different product. I think Sony have done a good job to have people consider Sony. In fact, you've got to remember, Sony's not even the number three TV company in this country. They're struggling in that sense. So beautiful design, great features. These are Android TVs, very easy to run all the Android products. I've got to be honest, I played Crossy Road on it because I love that game and it was completely useless because the... The responsiveness of a remote control versus, you know, a, an, an app on an iPhone just wasn't there for me. But I'm sure there's a lot of games that are reasonably compatible and useful. You know, you can use your PlayStation controller. Those things are pretty cool. But I've got to say, for the price, I absolutely would consider one of these side by side. I, I'm not sure I could convince my wife to spend 9000 or 8000 on a 65-inch television. So could I convince her to spend four and a half? Maybe. See, see what I mean? It's... You're basically bringing it down a level and saying, what about this? Um, and I think that's that's a compelling op- opportunity that Sony are presenting now. So love you to check it out. Uh, I've put up the prices and the photos and all the details. Uh, they're up now at uh, eftm.com.au. Um, they should still be in the tech section, section. Pretty easy to find because it was only last Friday that I put that up. So um, yeah, check it out. Uh, Sony's new range of 2016 uh, televisions. Uh, 4K ultra high definition and the like now available to look at at eftm.com.au Your Tech Life with Trevor Long And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technology and of course remember with the Vivo Fit products you can walk, run, bike 
swim, golf, climb, skip, jump, go. Meet the wearables that help you move a little more each day. That's that smart goal. This thing sets a new goal for you every day based on your previous usage. Now take the Vivo Fit 3, for example, the activity tracker with automatic activity detection. Whether you're walking around the office or going for a jog, the Vivo Fit 3 can automatically detect your activity using the Garmin Move IQ and display it on Garmin Connect. Wear it comfortably for 24 hours. Monitor sleep and count steps. Even get reminded to move after an hour of inactivity with the red move bar. It's water-resistant, has a one-year battery life, and can be dressed up with a whole range of interchangeable style collection bands to suit every moment of your active lifestyle. That's the Vivo Fit 3. There's a whole range of Vivo Fit products. The Vivo Fit 2, the Vivo Smart HR, the Vivo Active, and the Vivo Active HR. Now, that's a cracking-looking device. Check them all out at garmin.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Let's keep going with calls. G'day, Anne. Hi, how are you going? Good. How can I help you? Well, I have a new UHTV. Nice um, big. It's a new digital TV, and yep. it's a lovely big one, and it's a, um, a Samsung. Um, I have a new antenna, and I have two other ports in my house. Mm. Um, the new TV won't pick up Channel 7 doesn't matter what I do, whether I auto-tune or not, it will not pick up Channel 7. Right. And the, you, the mentioned, you mentioned other plugs in the house. So are there other TVs in the house? Yeah. Um, yep, they are, and they're working. And they work fine. Now, how much of a drama is it for you to muck around with those TVs? So here's my problem. Um, you're absolutely right. It's weird, right? So um, yeah. not to, to not get one block of channels is a bit weird, but... It often just means that the strength of the antenna isn't quite there. but And you're thinking, well, hang on, it works in one room but on the other. So every TV is different, unfortunately. Now, they put a little $20 resistor in instead of a $50 one, and maybe the, maybe the reception is different for that television. So what I'd love you to do is try putting one of the other TVs in the same spot as the Samsung yes. and likewise put the, other, put the new Samsung in the spot, same spot as one of the other ones. So what you're doing is you're trying to find out whether it's specific to that television in that spot. So if you take that Samsung and put it in another spot and it works, then you know that you need to have that cable looked at in that wall. If you bring another television to that spot and you have a problem, then exactly the same confirmation occurs. Um, Because it is most likely, I know you've got a new antenna, but is it a new house or just a new antenna? No, it's it's an... A new antenna, but the port that the new TV's in is an old port. Yeah, so it's possible, and I know I'm clutching at straws for you here, but it is possible that that the um, the cable isn't kind of up to the signal, and and it's as simple as that. So the antenna people need to, they can do some tests. And and here's the thing, there's a couple of really cool things you can do even before you call the antenna people again. Once you've done that trial and error test, there's a little thing, and the name is going to escape me, but if you do a quick bit of research, you will find this thing, um, it's at J-Car Electronics. Now, J-Car is like the old Dick Smith, just sells little tinkering, you know, bits yep. of tech. Yep, I, and they I have a thing, they, they have a thing, it's 15 bucks, and it goes yeah. in in between the antenna and the TV, essentially, right? So it's it's an, an extension to the cable. But what it does yeah. is it, it blocks out any interference from the mobile networks. Because the problem is the mobile networks now occupy the space that television channels used to when we had analog. 
And so there's some interference there. So it could be that this little $15 blocking device, and I think they call it something like an LTE, as in mobile phone, um, mm-hmm. uh, antenna. Um, I'm trying to think of the name because I've looked it up a few times. But J-Car will definitely know what I'm talking about because I've had people recommend okay. it to me. Um, so if it is that spot in the house, then I reckon that's the first thing you try. If that doesn't work, you need to find a qualified antenna person who can do diagnostics. So they will have expensive equipment that they've invested money in. They'll be able to look at the, um, the strength of the signal in each port and hopefully they'll be able to either put a booster on or fix that cable for you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Give it a whirl, Anne. I'd love to know how you go, okay? I am going to give it a whirl in, in about 10 minutes' time. Good stuff. All right. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you, Anne. Thank Th- you so much. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks. If you've got a tech question, you can get in touch just like Anne did. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Get in touch anytime you like. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Maury. Yeah, hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Good, mate. How, what can I do for you? Well, I've got this HP Envy laptop that's running Windows 8 at the moment when I bought it. Well, and that's what it ran when, when was running when I bought it. Yep. Um, it's running an i7 Windows 8 system. It mm-hmm. cost me two and a half grand. It's mm-hmm. the biggest heap of junk I've ever owned. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what, what, why do you say that? Well, for a start, it, it um, when I first got it, I couldn't get it to stay... Um, onto the internet, it kept dropping all the time. Mm-hmm. And my wife had my wife's got a, an HP as well, which we bought two of them at the same time. Hers is an i5, um, and in, I sent it back to them. They replaced Wi-Fi cards. They did all sorts of things to them. And then somebody said, "Why don't you just change your modem? Because your modem's not big enough, and it's the one you've got to remembering everything else that it's that it." Uh, that you put up on it, mm-hmm. and it's obviously not. So I changed. Anyway, long story short, I changed the modem, and it started to work. Mm-hmm. And then one day, Windows 10 came along, and I said, "Ah," and it said, "Upgrade to it." So I upgraded to it. And then a little while later, there was a another um, a massive um, update of something. You know, one of those critical updates that they do. Yeah. After you'd upgraded and, uh, to Windows 10. So you're already on Windows yeah. 10 at this point. Yes, I was on Windows 10 at that stage, yeah. and uh, it seemed to be working okay. And then the uh, this upgrade came up, which was one of those critical ones that, you know, it says upgrade to this, so we, so we did. And the keyboard stopped working, the, right. ma- the physical keyboard. Yep. The one on the screen worked, but the physical one didn't work. Okay. So I thought, ah, all right. And I played around with it, you know, just couldn't get it to do anything. So I took it back to um, the people I bought it off, mm-hmm. uh, which is JB Hi-Fi, which are brilliant people. They, were, they really helped out, mm-hmm. although it took them a long time. Um, and they said, we've reset it back to Windows 8, you know, that seemed to fix it. And I said, oh, all right. So I brought it home again, worked, worked with it for a little while. And then another thing came up and said, upgrade to Windows 10. And I thought, well, all right. So I did. And the same thing happened. The keyboard stopped working. Okay. And I thought, this is stupid. Let, let's make this really simple. Does the computer yep. work well for you as Windows 8? Yes, it does. Don't upgrade. Don't upgrade it. Yeah, just don't upgrade. But it's like, yes, I see what... I just don't understand why, why it won't upgrade. Well, because... So there's often compatibility issues with... Uh, with How old is the computer? Oh, it's... 
12 months. Okay, so there shouldn't be. So there's, no. there, there's, two, there's two things you can do here. Let me be clear. The first one, path of least resistance, don't upgrade. Okay, you've had yeah. two instances of, of drama. That would be yeah. enough to put me off for sure. Um, yeah. But... If you're a uh, if you're a if you're a, I guess a, a game individual, then there are some really simple things you can do on the HP website. Now I can't do them for you because you need to you got to look under the bottom of the thing, find the model number. But if you go to the HP website and and look on the bottom for the downloads and drivers is what they call it, right? So right down yeah. at the bottom of the page, there's a thing that says download drivers, and if you yeah. then search for your exact model number. Just have a read around. Start looking around for anything to do with Windows 10. Now, there's yeah. there's even a pop-up I've seen on their site that gives a whole range of common problems. And essentially yeah. what they say is check that you've got all the latest drivers. And that's what you need to do is make sure that basically the keyboard driver, so that's the piece of software that tells Windows how the keyboard works, is not yeah, working. Right. So yeah. that's all you need is to get that new driver. I can't imagine... Yeah that HP have not made available a driver for Windows 10 for a 12-month-old product, so I think it will work. Yeah, well... But you are going to need you are going to need to persist yourself. It's not something JB yeah. Hi-Fi are going to do because it ain't their no. problem. <laughs> no. No, when I, well, when I bought it, it was the the best thing that I could buy. You know, yep. I, was, I mean, I was determined to buy something really great. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I just have been not happy with it since I got it. In fact, I've got a I've got a computer that's um, an old 386 that's run, running Windows XP that works better than this thing does. Right. Well, it's not a good look for HP then, is it? So look, no, it's not. I think Mate, I, will, I will never buy another one of their products, but you know that's one of those. That's my thing. Yeah, and it's interesting how how easy it is to burn uh, a product name, like a whole company, in your mind. Yeah. You wouldn't go near yeah. it, and and that's as no. simple as that. I could I could tell you about their products till the cows come home, but because of your yeah. experience, you won't go yeah. there. Um, no. So spend no. a bit of time. So you basically need to set aside an hour of research on their website that says, okay, yeah. can I find oh. for my specific product? Can I find uh, downloads that relate to Windows Ten? And if so, then good news. Yeah. Plug that other keyboard into the laptop. Do the Windows Ten upgrade, and then go and download those things. And you yeah. may well find that Windows 10 is the best thing that's ever happened to that computer. Right, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're, you're basically, then there are, well, there are really three options. There's one, just leave it running in Windows 8. Correct. Two, what, what you've just advised me to do is go through all of that stuff. Yep. Or three, take it back and throw it through the front window. Well, yeah, obviously, but that's a large, large <laughs> investment um, in, in money. Yeah. To, to not do so I, I'd be taking personally I'd be going option two I'd give it a whirl because I'm sure there's a way yeah. to get that working and now you may need to find product forums from other owners of that exact product yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I can't believe that a 12 month old product would not work with Windows 10 yeah mate I, I, I've got I mean I've got five or six computers if you know I've got one two Two desktops here. We've got two laptops that are both HPs. The desktops aren't. Uh, I've got four computers at work that are all running either XP seven, ten, or something. You yeah, know, yeah. and they all work better than these. Right, all work better than the HP. Well, I want you to give it a whirl. I want you to put your guts yeah. behind it because I reckon you'll feel better about that computer once it's, it's running Windows ten. Yeah, it, is it possible that the this 
something corrupted on the on the drive, like it's somewhere in the deep in the program somewhere. Oh, I mean, yeah, anything's possible. I mean, what is the main symptom? What is the main thing that you're hating about that thing? Well, it, no, look, it, it sort of it's very slow. I, I find it really slow to run. That, that's uh, just ridiculous. I mean, it just shouldn't be I, that way for a twelve month old. When you open it, it takes like two minutes, three minutes to open. You know, well, maybe not three, no, two minutes anyway, minute to two minutes to actually just turn on and get to the start page. You know, with the time it does all its own thing. Mm. And it, it, I find that's amazing that it takes that long. Yeah, no, it shouldn't, mate. So um, yeah. wipe it clean, get everything off it. Don't put any software on it. Don't put any files on it. Do the upgrade yeah. to Windows as a brand new machine. So it's not. Right. So remember, you can corrupt it by putting too much music and too much movies and you know oh, too many silly bits of software. So yeah, I don't put anything. There's but really not much on it at all. It's a, mm. a few family photos, and that's about all. So lay it bare, do the upgrade, find out how to get yeah. that keyboard working, and, and hopefully um, yeah. that'll work. Otherwise, uh, throw it off the the, the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know. The bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, all Morris. Right. Good on you, mate. Well, Trevor. Thank you for uh, for getting back to me. It's been really great. Good Thanks on you, mate. All your advice. Anytime. Let me know how you go. Thank you, mate. Will do. Thank you, Good Jeff. Thanks, and if mate. you've got a question or a problem with technology, just jump on the phone. Uh, 1-800-157-157 or go to eftm.com.au. I've been checking. You're not all following me on Twitter. What's going on with that? Hey, what's going on with that? It's very easy. At Trevor Long. But you know what's more important? You're not all following me on Snapchat. I'm loving Snapchat, having so much fun with this. There's some new um, followers, if you want to call me, call them added me. So they don't really say followers. So if any of you are listening and, and, and I read out your name, thank you for adding me via the podcast. Mark Hellier, Motown, Pritchard, uh, Josh Harnwell, g'day, mate. Uh, Mobiles World, Ronald C.K. Ong, uh, Ushade, Sky, Alexander, Andrew Hoffman, g'day, mate. Vaughn. Shenny, Super Dirt Bike Guy, Neil Dale, Miguel Diaz. You know me. Oh, do I? Well, Wayne Sto- Snowman. Wayne Stoneman, sorry. <clears throat> uh, Sam Bartlett, Reese Vanderside, Liz Fennick, Dan Cam, Circuit M, Melissa Pooley, um, who is going to get the surprise of her life in the next couple of days. Zach, Charlie, uh, Nathan, a whole bunch of people. I'm assuming that's probably as far back as I need to go. People that added me after that shout-out a couple of weeks ago. But thank you um, for adding me on Snapchat. I love it. It's great fun. Here's the thing. I think I'm sharing more on Snapchat, and it's creating less crap on Twitter and Instagram. So what I'm saying is Snapchat's full of crap, but it's fun. It's like a you know walkthrough. I think it's cool. I'm really liking it. And they're doing great stuff with their stories. The Anzac Day story was excellent. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been uh, very impressive. So uh, well worth checking out. Uh, anyway, that is uh, Snapchat. That is uh, Ricardo Gonzalez in my Snapchat there coming up on screen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We're back again next week. Uh, now, what have we got? Uh, tomorrow, um, I'm coming to you live. Uh, well, not live, but recorded and then uploaded. Uh, Stephen Fennick and I will be in Melbourne for the Oppo uh, mobile phone launch event. They're going to talk about where they're going to sell their mobile phones, which is a great story coming up for them. Uh, next week, um, I'm away again in Bali, but I am not leaving until the podcast is done, people. Not leaving until the podcast is done. So I'll be back again next week with episode 327. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and, of course, LG in their OLED range of TVs. Take the OLED Challenge today. If you take the OLED Challenge, take a photo, send it to me. 
uh, Snapchat it, I don't know, Twitter, Twitter it, Facebook it. Send me a photo of you taking the OLED challenge. Challenge You never know. We might find something fun to give you. Uh, the OLED challenge is at major retailers now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Let's do it again next week, folks. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.